Ashley. I'm Amanda. This is allegedly. You're being way too loud, Amanda. What? You need to calm down. You're being too loud. Take some pointers from Taylor Swift. Hey guys, we're just being super silly, but... <clears throat> when aren't we being super silly? Yeah, I know. If yeah, you were we... here for our last episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't have any words or explanations we, for that. I do. We weren't around each other for two weeks. Yeah. That, that has to be... That's the only thing that was different. That's gotta be it. Yeah. But some good news. You ready for it, Amanda? Huh. We are still continuing our bathroom tour. Yes, we are. We are now in my bathroom. Yep. We're not in Amanda's anymore. We're I Ashley's. told James up next is his. Will we fit in his bathroom? I've never been to his house. I mean, it's bigger than your tiny bathroom that we normally record in. The one that makes you have to f- go poop? Yeah. 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 In case you this... weren't here for that one. She didn't say that on air. Thank you for retelling new people. I figured if you already said it once, might as well just say it again. Great. We'll just say it every episode. (laughs) (laughs) This bathroom, though, I definitely could live in here. Oh, yes. But there's another room in here. You have a secret nook in here. It's not even a nook. It's a whole other room. I mean, it's the under the closet. You're going to open it? You're in the way. No, I just put my hand on it and just made a creaky noise. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I have that super big closet back there. I never opened that. It's huge. I mean, it's double-doored, so it's got to be big, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't have to sleep in the bathtub in here because I could clearly sleep in there. Yeah, it is large. Yeah, large and in charge. So I was going to talk about my situations yesterday. I had a lot of situations yesterday. You did. It's been a weekend. It's been a weekend. (sighs) Has it been a weekend for you? It's been a weekend for you. I know it's been a weekend. We're for not going to talk about that. We're though. not talking about that. But we can talk about. Um, I met a woman. Yes, Ooh. I really wish I would have been there with you for that. Yeah, if you go to at Lex Vibes, so L E X V I B E S on Facebook, you can find her. Oh, she has a Facebook. She has Facebook. She has Instagram. She has TikTok. I'll have to show you her business card. Oh, okay. Um, nice. She. She was at a little place here in town called the Cider Mill. You know what that is? That's just... Does f- it involve cider? It does involve cider. You know what the okay. Cider Mill is. It's like a place where fall just goes to have birth. Actually, that was perfectly said. It gives... It is exactly... Fall gives birth here. Yes. It's where people yes. get the pumpkins and the cider and the donuts, donuts. And the yeah. apples. And the mums. And the mums. Yes. And they the gourds and the corn Guess stocks. what they have now. What? Cider slushies. Oh, I know. Oh. Shut the front door. Shut it. Shut, Shut it. it closed. It's already closed. I just, it was so good. I want one. It's really good. I you know one. I don't like seeds. Seeds? Sweet things too much. Yes. So cider is quite sweet. What is wrong? <laughs> I can't. My speechical your... is wrong today. My speechometer says, eh, no, thank you. You can't have that one. <laughs> but the ice made it not so sweet. Right. <laughs> so it was super good. 
Super but we weren't going to talk about any of that nonsense. No. So at the cider mill, is there where was, this lady was. Yeah. So they were having some sort of like little fair, like craft, a little craft fair. Yeah. Thing? Okay. Nothing. Just a few just tables. Stands. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, this lady was selling stones, and by stones you mean crystals. Yeah, like crystals and okay. like sage and different things. Did you get some of the sage? So yeah, we actually um, <clears throat> after having a discussion with this woman. We found out that the nonsense happening in my bedroom, which first of all, we were telling her about the, uh, the scooter boy. Yeah. Um, but then she started like acting weird. Like she could tell something else was going on. And I mentioned about the shadow person and she went, yeah, I got tingles on my neck. Like I knew something else was going on. Uh, Not good, right? <clears throat> no. Shadow people apparently are no bueno, and you don't want to piss them off. But how do you piss them off? Oh, there's just apparently, apparently plenty of ways. If they feel that you're afraid of them or have negative energy towards them, that pisses them off. Also, if you sage wrong, you can piss them off. How do you sage wrong? You're just lighting sage and waving it, right? Because if you don't get them out, like apparently you have to open windows, get them out. But if you just, like, trap them in a space, they'll get pissed off. And, apparently, shadow people don't take well to white sage. <laughs> There's a different color sage? There's different sages. Apparently, we got the right one. Because if you use white sage, that just pisses them off. Like, it makes them super angry. So. Oh, my God. I'd be terrified to do anything because we do know. something wrong. I have no idea. Oh and this is turning into a situation because I live in an apartment. So once I get him out the front door, I'm like, oh, good. He's out the front door. But then I thought, I live in a fucking apartment building. So now you I'm just going to trap him, him out. Down. I have to walk him down. How do I know that he doesn't go upwards instead of down? So then James is like, well, you're going to have to walk all the way up to your neighbor's apartment door and sage up there to get his spirit back down. Make sure my door is closed and make sure I sage the entire hallway. Take it all the way out to the front sidewalk. Is it a crime to make him go upstairs? Is that a, is that a Listen, crime? Now that I know that she's pregnant, I wouldn't do that. But what if he just stops in front of the door below you? Like how am I? What if he goes to the basement and doesn't leave? <gasps> what if he hides in the closet when you first walk in your building? I cannot even. What if he goes I have out the no door idea. and then goes in your car? I have no idea. The, it, this I'm so seems confused. Like far too much for I, I me. Don't, can she just come to your house and do it? She did say something about coming to my house and doing like musical therapy. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that entails. I, I'm i not musical. I picture like Beetlejuice music and she's like playing it for them and then they happily leave. I don't think anything happily happens here. Well, so I true. did. Okay, so I got a necklace, but the stone that I got is more for creativeness. Which you already are very creative. She was person. a writer too, she says. She's a writer as well. She's she very books? creative. I don't know. She, we didn't really get to talk too much. We, we were look, too we worried look about it up. this stuff. But. Yeah, we need to look it up. Um, she was a little worried about the shadow person. Yeah. <laughs> she's, so like, generally, she's like, generally they want something from you. Yeah. What, like a mugging? Like they're going to mug me? No. Um, what like, is it they want from me? They keep leaving marks on you and laying on you. They want your hoo-ha. I, he wants your hoo-ha. I don't know. So I also got another uh, stone. Um, 
it's a black something or another. It's black. I is can't even remember. I it, didn't even take it out it of the bag. It's a little tiny. It. It's a little, I mean, it's black. It's a black stone. And but it's is it like for, solid or is it like? It's solid. See-through? Nope, you can't see through it. It's a weird name at the end. Now I can't remember what it is. I don't have my paperwork in front of me, and for the life of me, I can't get out of this spot. Yeah, no, you're trapped. Um, so it's for protection. So now, do I have to have it on my body? Do I have to sew like a pocket into my underwear and put it in there? Well, that was my question because it's, it came in a really pretty felt bag. Oh no, I put it in that bag. Oh, you put it in that bag. Yeah, I found well, that bag. It was a <laughs> ring that I got. So does it need to be in, will it still work in the bag or does it need to be out? I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah. You need. To it ask. seems like there's like so many, like what do I, the do's and don'ts of this. Yeah. Like I'm unsure of. Yeah. You need to ask. Were because. these stones prayed over? Like how do they work? How do they know this is what the stone does? I feel like I'm Coquina so... may, sh- may be able to answer these questions for us. <sighs> Don't it's so much. I just know? possibly, but again, I'm not trying to do anything in my bedroom right now. Yeah, I but wouldn't. so I wouldn't. what I happened was because of investigation. But what happened was is I came home. Okay, I got a quite a large pumpkin. Mm-hmm. That thing is thirty pounds. Yeah, it's thirty. It's pounds. large. I pay, it's like sixty nine cents a pound. Guys, it's the most beautifully perfectly shaped pumpkin I have ever seen. I only got it to put on my head. <laughs> I laugh because she's being completely truthful. She got it to put on her head. And now we're gonna get you one. We then, need it. No, we need to do this soon. I know. I was planning on photo shooting myself tomorrow. Okay. But you need to get a thing. I don't know when I'll be done with my bus trip. We shouldn't. We don't need to have this conversation on here. Yeah, we don't. But we'll do a photo shoot. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, But no, so I came home and as I was putting down the pumpkin, I noticed something out like my peripheral, mm-hmm. something in my room. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I put stuff down. I go in. I stopped. So for those who don't know what my bedroom looks like please refer back to episode 20 uh because it it's not like you walk into a room and there's the open room there's that little wall there where you can't see most of the room right right so i stopped right there after the threshold and felt heavy it the whole room felt heavy almost like suffocating and i peek around the corner and there's shadow person for the third time that I've seen him, standing on the far side of the bed, which would be my empty side or the James, the James side, mm-hmm. if you will, just standing there. I couldn't see a face. I just can't see. I just see like him. It's almost like if you draw something and then just color it in black. Yeah. It's just a shadow figure. There's. I don't think he's wearing a hat. I don't see a hat. I always picture a hat. I know. I think I told you that. Already. I don't see I a hat. I always picture a hat. But again, I don't, I don't see arms. Do you see? But you see legs. Yes, but I don't see arms, and I'm not sure if he's just got them right at his side, and it kind of blends in because I'm not seeing like detail. It's so weird. That's so weird. And it's not very see through. Like, I can't see through him. He's Have just black. Have you been able to capture a photo of him? No. So here's the thing. I instantly felt drained of energy. Like, I ended up calling James going, <sighs> not because I was scared. I couldn't breathe. Like, it's like I ran 
10 miles. No, you don't run. I don't run. You don't run. So James was like, oh my God, is everything okay? And I told him everything that's going on. And uh, he's like, is he still there? Do I need to come over? And I'm like, what is it you're going to do? Uh, So I went in my room and I said, yeah, he's still there. He's like, you're looking at him right now. He's just sitting there. I said, no, he's standing. (laughs) No, he's standing. He's never been sitting. So then James goes, can you take a picture? Get off the phone, take a picture. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. So I get off the phone with him. I go to take a picture. The man's is gone. He's gone. Can these shadow people, can they hear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They can, they hear everything I'm saying. Absolutely. So he's gone. So I messaged James. I'm like, he's gone. So then, I don't know, like 30 seconds later, I send a voice message to James, freaking out because there was a cat toy on the side of the bed. And I bent over and picked it up. And you know, like if you bend over and pick something up, it's a quick motion. Mm -hmm. Something from underneath my bed grabbed the top of my hand. Not my wrist, my hand. Did it like hold pulling, on to you or did it like quickly? It squeezed and then, and then, and then released because, I mean, I'm picking up. So <laughs> as I picked up, it was gone. I don't know what that was, but James seems to think that it's probably Scooter because yeah. Scooter's always under the bed. Um, he, he almost seems like he's afraid. That's what everybody is seeming to say, even the girl Lex. She's like, I'm wondering if he's always under the bed because he's afraid of the shadow man. And, and that was Tara's initial thought. What if he's trying to get you to come under the bed? Like, hey, trying like, to save don't be me. out there. You need to come under yeah. here. I don't know. So that's what's been going on. Uh. And then, you know, Ramsey's doesn't help the situation because Ramsey's been in the bedroom all night. And he's been acting super weird since before you came. Like... He scared the living Jesus He was crawling around the floor. Like, I know he's a cat, but he was literally like army crawling around the floor like a freaking weirdo. And every time I went to go take a picture or a video, he stopped. So then he was laying down in a picture that I sent James. And James was like, he's looking at you. And I'm like, no, he's been being super weird. Like, he's just laying like on the floor with his legs underneath him. He doesn't ever do that. He's usually under the bed or on top of my dresser. He's just been super weird. Uh, But none he's been playful tonight. Yeah. You and I were in the bedroom and he attacked you from under the bed, scared the living daylights out of you. Yes. I'm pretty sure I screamed very, very loudly. She, she jumped onto me. I did. Uh, so there's that. And it's probably just payback because we had a situation at Wegmans and I, (laughs) I kind of like hip checked her in the stomach. (laughs) (laughs) That man was standing beside us the whole time. I don't know. I'm on edge because of everything that was going on in my bedroom. Like, people need to be, they just need to come up to me and be like, dude, I'm going to stand next to you. Excuse me, ma'am. I still would get scared. I'm going to stand next to you. Don't jump. As soon as they talk to me, I'd be scared. So, as soon as they tap you, you would be like (laughs) wailing your arms. Could you imagine if I punch a stranger? No, I can definitely imagine that. James, can you picture that? Because I'm sure you can. I've punched a man at work. I'm, I can picture that. An elderly man. You, I, I have scared you before and you have slapped me across the face in a reflex. Yes. I yes. Mean, I once ta- attacked my college best friend, Mallory. Hi, Mallory. She's pregnant with her second baby. Oh, congrats, baby. Mallory. I don't know you, but congrats. Well, she, I attacked her once because she scared me. Tara was little and I was cleaning up from Tara. I attacked her with a crayon. What Being, did you do? Color on herself? What would you I'm do? I'm like, you were so lucky I wasn't doing dishes and cleaning knives. Because I attacked her with a freaking crayon. Crayon. Crayon? Crayon. 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 It's crayon. 
It's crayon. That's what I attacked her with. Well, what did she do? She laughed. No, what did she do to get attacked? <clears throat> she scared me. By doing, what did she do? No, I don't remember that. Did she just say, boo? Because I feel like that would scare I, I don't know if she even scared me on purpose. I mean, you know me. No people are actually trying to scare me. And if they are, well, then they're just stupid. Those are stupid people. We need what to did weed you, them what out. What exactly did you do with this crayon? <laughs> For those of you <laughs> She just waved her fist at me like it was like a play sword. I don't know what that was. <laughs> what did you think you were going to do with a crayon? I was scared. I don't know. Crayon could do damage. Put that shit in somebody's eye. No. Shove it up their nose into their brain. I don't know. What? Down the throat. And the boogie is colorful. That's all. I don't know. I don't have a plan. (laughs) If I did, I'd carry a pocket knife. But you can't do that. You cannot do that. I have a pocket knife. I, somebody, James, you need to find it. You need to take it away from her. I don't know what to tell you. But I do want to tell you that I just found out. What is your problem? I heard a noise. What noise? Uh, We're in the bathroom. I don't know. Is it my... My toilet? No. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. But I need you to know that Lex Vibes is reacting to my Facebook messages that I sent her. I, she's hearting and doing the face, the wow face to the messages I sent her. And she just accepted my Facebook request to be friends. So Did you tell her you have a true crime podcast? I did. We were talking about it, so I just sent her that stuff. So maybe we should actually get into the true crime part because we've been talking almost 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Are the clocks wrong? It's no. It's recording me. We're at 17 minutes. We've been chatting for 17 minutes. That's a great story. Can we talk about murder now? Maybe we should get we, into the we, case. We, yep, we need to. All right. Well, today, you want to know where we're headed today? Please don't tell me Australia. No. Don't tell me England. No. Is it in the U.S.? Yes. Is it Pennsylvania? No. New York? You're going to need to stop. Okay. We'll be here all night. We will. We will. Today, we are heading to the place that Debbie loves most. Dallas! <gasps> Your home state. Yeah. Your home no, state. What? Texas, your home state. That's probably wrong. No. Not according to my social security. Your social security number. You were born in New York, but your social says something different. Yeah. That's, listen, we really need to start lives. We need to go lives with uh-huh. questions. Um, but if you all don't know what I'm talking about and who the hell Debbie is, just refer back to Margie Velma Barfield episodes where Amanda finds out that a movie she's never seen is actually a porno. I don't know where I heard that. Debbie does Dallas, y'all. If you're under the age of 18, please don't look that up. I can imagine you just seeing this DVD and not knowing exactly what it is, like not seeing a picture for it. And then just coming home and being guys, like, guys, I found, I know you guys love Dallas. I found a great movie. Debbie does Dallas. We're going to watch this. Put it in and then go, what, what? is that? <laughs> have you ever watched porn before? No. Yeah, me either. I, I mean, I tried, That's a lie. I, I have. tried and I, I don't like it. Weird. It makes me feel like I feel embarrassed. 
Yeah, I don't like it, but people do, so whatever. Yes, I have watched it before back in my <laughs> wild days. So, like, last Tuesday? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> JK, JK, just kidding. Oh. Right, JK, they probably already know what that means. So, today we are actually going to talk about a promising life that was snuffed out far too early. Snuffed? Yeah, she was taken far too. She was young? Yeah. How young? We'll get there. But this is a, I need to warn y'all, this is a heavy case. So, Amanda and I are actually going to bring it down a couple notches um, because it's a heavy case. This is not, we're not, we're done with fun and games. Okay, Amanda? You're standing, you're sitting I'm there like stunned. I'm prepare myself for the heaviness because... It's heavy. Angela Marie Samoda, better known as Angie, was born on September 19th, 1964 in Almeda, California, to Frank and Betty Ruth Samoda. Now, I listened to an episode about this on Morbid. Oh, okay. Uh... But they got some information wrong. You hate when that happens. I do hate when that happens. Um, and I'm wondering how they came upon certain information. Now, the thing is, is it's not information that matters. Okay? So, essentially, Still. they said that she was born in Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. But literally, all the sources that I found, including Find a Grave, says... Alameda, California. That's on the other side of the U.S. Come, it's not anywhere. It's not there. even close. So, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, there are, I maybe it's questionable, I don't know. I found a lot of sources that say Alameda, California, so we're going with Alameda, California. Okay, I'm good with that. Um, I would love to give you some concrete number of siblings that she had. Oh, no. However, a lot of sources that said she was the baby of five children... But I could only count four. So, according to Betty Ruth's obituary, she married Lieutenant Junior Grade Jean Gentile, and together they had a son named Tom. Jean died in 1948 in a military training accident. Oh, man. Betty later married Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander Frank Samoda. And then they had daughters, Gail, Sue, and Angela. Okay. So that's four. Right. And, but I watched, this is, this is morbid, but I watched the funeral for Betty Ruth on Facebook because on the page for the funeral, they have them all saved. Oh, all, interesting. All the videos. So a woman came up. And was talking and also said that she had five children. Did one pass away that were not? I have <clears throat> zero idea. Huh. So, whatever. Again, that is not information that really matters. Hmm. Just interesting. Yeah. So, Frank could have had maybe a child from a previous marriage, but I couldn't find any information on Frank. Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. Either way, Angela was still the baby of the family. That's Regardless. really it. Okay. So at some point, the family moved from California to Texas, um, where they may have met Debbie. 
I don't know. <laughs> they may have. Angela was said to have had, like, a normal childhood. Whatever that means. Define normal. I don't know. Right. But she was outgoing and smart. Like, she was absolutely both. On top of that, she was gorgeous. I showed you a photo. Yeah, she was. She had light brown reddish hair and blue eyes. You know who she reminds me of? Julia Roberts? No. Holly Maddox from our first episode. Oh, yeah. But only because they were both blessed with two Bs. Beautiful. Beauty and brains. Yep. And that was like a curse back then. Yep. So in 1982, she decided to attend Southern Methodist University, better known as SMU, mm-hmm. where she decided to study, you ready for this? Oh, gosh. Engineering and computer science. You go, girl. Literally, my next line says, get it, girl. Because it was actually super uncommon for women to be in that field at yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I Because people not. back then assumed that women were just going to be homemakers. Yeah. And not use or their brain. Or they were stupid and yeah. couldn't do things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Good for her. Um, She seemed to love college life. Like, she took to it like ticks to a hound. I never went to college, so I don't really know what that college life is. College life for me, I only went to a community college, but it was stressful for me. But um, it's definitely a lot different than high school. Do you know what I mean? It's just different feel. But she, she seemed to like it. She would, she would spend either all nighters studying for a class, or spending time out on the ta- town bar hopping. Oh, so okay. she was either way doing either. But she was also doing really good in college. So it's not like she was just wasted all the time. I kind of like she had that balance. The balance figured out. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of people loved Angela. Why not? Sounds like she would have been outgoing and whatnot. I'm sure. So her roommate was actually a psych major. And her name is Sheila. But for the life of me, I can't say her last name. Waisaki, I think is how it's spelled. Uh... W-Y-S-O-C-K-I. Wysocki? Yeah, we'll I go with, so. We'll go with that. Hopefully I don't say it anymore because <laughs> I'm going to feel really bad if it's wrong. Anyway, she actually wrote an article in 2018. Yeah. Did you find that article? I did. Oh. So she remembered how her and Angela didn't get along at first because Angela was dating a boy that Sheila didn't particularly care for. Oh, did she say why? Yeah, it was probably because he had fits of rage. Oh, well, that might do it. So when Angela actually broke up with said boy, he um, cut up Angela's clothes and then threatened her with a knife. He's lovely. I'm red flag. Red flag. Good thing they were breaking up. So when Angela and that boy did break up, Angela and Sheila became like best friends. College best friends. That's what they were. So they bonded over the fact that they both grew up without their dads because Angela's died in 1965 when she was barely four months old. Yeah. So Sheila said this about her friend. Angie had a beautiful smile, the biggest I've ever seen, the type of smile that would light up her whole face. She was very vivacious and friendly and one of the few girls in the computer science and electrical engineering department. She was the triple threat. Great personality, real cute, and smart. Angie was very academically inclined, and she would study late into the night, but I'm dyslexic, and was struggling and just hoping to get through college. We were polar opposites. 
I'm an observer. I'm friendly, but I'm not going to be the center of a room. That really says a lot because Angela, I guess, I I don't like being said that I need attention or demand attention. Some people say that of me and my outgoing personality, that I demand attention or want all the attention on me. So saying that I'm like center of the room almost feels like to me like I need to tone it down. First, maybe it's past things that people have said to me that they didn't like that. You know what I mean? I don't see you as an attention seeker. I think it's just my personality that draws the attention. Because I am outgoing. You're very outgoing. And loud. And loud, but I don't see it as an attention seeking thing at all. No. No. I think when it's said center of the room, it's just... I don't see that. I don't see that in you. So Angela was part of the Zeta to Alpha sorority. Oh, okay. Where she was actually the social chairman for them. Which means she really was just in charge of planning and executing social events for the sorority house, which... That sounds like fun. That sounds like something I want to do. Yeah. In her spare time, she also worked part-time at Texas Instruments. Oh, you mean like the calculator? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. So by 1984, she was seeing a new guy named Ben McCall. And he was a little older than 20-year-old Angela. But he treated her better than the jerkwad that she was seeing seen previously. What was the jerkwad's name again? No, we I don't... couldn't find the oh, jerkwad's okay. name, but we're going with jerkwad. jerkwad. Okay. So Ben had a super good job in construction. Not just... That was Ramsey, it's not me. Center of attention is here. Yep. Um, He just really just like slammed into that door and was like, that's not open enough for me. <laughs> So sorry, guys. Um, He wasn't just a construction worker. He was actually a construction site manager. Oh, okay. Which they make good money. Yeah. So I did a little digging because I just wanted to kind of Uh know. Digging, construction worker. That's hilarious. I intended. I did not mean that actually at all. Oh. That's great. (laughs) I'm like so impressed that I couldn't even laugh about it. Oh, I thought you did that on purpose. No. No, I didn't. (laughs) God, sometimes I do love me. Um, So anyway, I wanted to see, because I know construction workers make decent money, but I wanted to see, like, how much he would have been making in Dallas in 1984. Yeah. So according to ZipRecruiter.com, as of September 18th, 2022, the average annual pay for a construction site manager in Dallas is $73,616 a year. Okay, not bad. So using the USD inflation calculator, I was able to see that that amount would have been equivalent to $26,747.66 in 1984. Was that good for that time? For that time, yeah. I'm assuming so, right? Yeah. I mean, it's really the same thing. It's just inflation. Yeah. So it's really the same amount of money. Um, So that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. So seeing Ben actually made Angela want to like change her life a little and be more independent or grown up. Uh, so she didn't want to live in the dorms. She She, wanted to move out. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to get like an off campus condo. So that's what she did. Um, I found a little quote that said, Angela thought Ben was the cat's meow. I think that is the sweetest thing ever. I don't know. So freaking adorable. I'm not exactly sure what that means. I don't know. have any idea what that means. Is that just like people think cats meows are cute? I don't think anything about cats are cute. I don't think that 
Uh, I don't know. That's the cat's meow. I'm not sure what that I means. I don't know what that means. I don't think it's something I, I think it's supposed say. to be good, though. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. It is the sweetest thing, but I'm not sure why. I mean, I've heard that before it's, lots and lots of times. I, I think but that, you've never heard uh, a watched pot never boils? No. Not until my husband said it a few weeks ago. Or as the clo- crow flies? No. But you knew of a cat's meow? Yeah. Huh. I know. I don't know. That's odd. Us you don't Pennsylvania like cats. people. No. Must be. All right. So we're going to jump ahead a little bit. Okay. To October of 1984. The <laughs> weekend of Friday the 12th was a big weekend. So, despite heavy traffic in the area for the Red River Showdown. What's that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. That's a football rivalry. (gasps) So, it's a rivalry between Oklahoma Sooners Mm -hmm. and the Texas Longhorns. And it's a huge deal. Nice. Yeah. So, this, this thing is nuts. So, it is the South. They idolize football. And, I mean, Texas, right. Texas Longhorns. That's right. Get it. According to Wikipedia, the first game of the series was played in 1900. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When Oklahoma was actually still a territory. It wasn't even a state yet. Oh, my gosh. I know. So, oh, fun fact, Oklahoma didn't become an actual state until November 16th, 1907. Holy cow. I know. So, the, the game was first called the Red River Shootout. For the 100th game in 2005, it was sponsored by SBC Communications, and the game was officially renamed SBC Red Red River Rivalry. Say that five times fast. You know, I'm not going to attempt that. I'll mess it up. So the word rivalry actually replaced shootout because they didn't want to, like, convey an attitude of condoning gun violence. Right, right. But the following year, with SBC's merger with AT&T Corporation, the game was renamed Again? to the AT&T Red River, Red River Rivalry. And then in 2014, it became the AT&T Red River Showdown. Are we going to change it again? I got it. Texas. I hope not. Come on now. Let's keep it with Red River Can Showdown. Can we stop now? Yeah. That feels like it's a lot easier to say. Oops, sorry. Um, so the game has been played on the second Saturday in October since 1934, with the exception of 2018, of course. But since 1932, the game's site has been the Cotton Bowl inside Fair Park in Dallas. Okay. Okay. The winner of the regular season matchup receives the golden hat, which is literally a gold 10-gallon hat formerly of bronze. The trophy is then kept by the winning school athletic department until the following year. Uh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? That's it's crazy. Y'all can, I'm going to link things to it so you all can see like. I would really like to see what this looks like. Yeah. <clears throat> so people were driving down for that because it's, it's a lot. But just so you know, the the night that they played, October 13th. Which oh, 13. I love everything about that. Yep. Uh, it was 1984. They had a tied game. Did it go into overtime? Not that I know of. It's literally recorded as a tied game. Yeah, sometimes that happens. It's only happened three times for them since the beginning of the showdown. So I'm going to link the Wikipedia page and y'all can see what okay. the scores have been. Yeah. But it's super cool. 
However, that was not the only thing going on for that weekend in Dallas. Nope. That is actually the same weekend as the state fair. Oh my gosh. Of so Texas. Triple the traffic. Oh. Triple the people. You really want to know? The fair is held yearly at Fair Park. Where's that? Uh, the Cotton Bowl is in oh, Fair yeah, yeah, Park. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're going on at the same place. How can that be? I'm not sure. Maybe there's a stadium and they're all in the stadium and then around the stadium is the fair. I have no idea. So Fair Park is actually 6.3 miles from SMU campus. The State Fair of Texas is the longest running fair in the U.S. So how many days does it go on for? Oh, almost an entire month. Oh my God. I was, I thought you were going to be like, oh, nine days. Yeah. Almost no. an entire month. Um, but it's the state fairs. State fairs go along. So they started this state fair in 1886. One of the most famous musical, musical, musical acts was Elvis Presley, who performed in 1956. <gasps> that was the year my mom was born. Ew. Oh, yeah. The fair is known to, I mean, hi. <laughs> Nice save. Nice save. <laughs> uh, the fair is known to have actually some controversies. Why? Um, well, you can find out on Wikipedia. I'm oh, really okay. not going to talk about it here because it's okay. offensive. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Got I you. will tell you that it has to do with segregation. Got you. Okay. Okay. We here at Allegedly do not support segregation or racism. No. So that's all I'm going to say about any of this. Yep. And if you really want to go find out, you can just Google it. Yeah. So, anyway, this is a big fair. But just so you get the picture, in 2021, the attendance was recorded to be 2.2 million people. Oh, my gosh. Now, just to give you a little more information to see how big that is, it's over the span of weeks. But compare that to New York State Fair that is held in Syracuse yearly. Yeah. In 2021, the attendance for that was 798,095 people. That's nothing. 2.2 million. Did you happen to look up what the most popular selling food item was for that year at the fair? I didn't. Dang it. Well, I'm sorry. That's okay. I didn't know you'd want that. Fair food. That's like why people go to the fair, right? I don't know. I've never been to the state fair. Me either. But I've been to like little rinky dink fairs. We yeah, go, that's We go true. for the dang food. Oh, well, yeah. But if you all want to let us know, yeah, let you us can. know. And the way you could find out is probably just go down to Dallas, Texas right now because it's going on <gasps> as we speak. It is actually being held this year from September 30th to October 23rd. So you still got a few weeks if you want to make Can your we way. go? No. Yeah, we don't have money for that. Mm-mm. Dang it. We, um, we, we barely get to the end of the driveway. Yep, pretty much. So we're not doing that. But maybe it can be like a bucket list thing. Yeah, I want to put it on the bucket list. I feel like bucket list things don't ever happen, but it's really nice to have them on there. Yeah. Back to Angela. So on October 12th, 1984, Angela Samoda decided that she was going to go out for the night. But Sheila was going to stay in. She didn't want to go. So Angela invited her friend Anita Cadella, but also a guy named Russell Buchanan. Hmm. So Russell's a guy that she met recently at a bar. Oh, Okay. Uh, he was 23, already graduated college with a degree in architecture. Okay. Uh, if I found the right guy online, then he actually went to Texas A&M. Oh, cool. um, in 1984, though, he was getting ready to start grad school. Oh, okay. So, yeah. 
I'm not sure about the situation there, like whether or not Russell was interested in Angela or not, but she was like a friendly person. So maybe they just became friends and she invited him. It was nothing salacious though. Gotcha. Okay. Um, actually her boyfriend Ben couldn't go because he had to work early the next day and needed to sleep. Yeah. But he did know that Russell was going and he was fine with it. That's so a it's lot. not okay. like she was hiding it. Right. So the three friends literally had a long night, like a long night. So from what I understand, they started at the state fair. Then they went bar hopping. So they began at a place called Lakewoods Boardwalk Beach Club. Just a quick side note. It's now called Mikosina, which really means my kitchen in Spanish, which leads us to a shout out to our Mi Cocina, also known as Mi Coquina. Yes, Coquina. We, yeah, her name is literally spelled exactly like Cocina, but they call it Cocina, not Coquina. And now I'm going to call her Cocina. I'm calling that from now on. Mi cocina. From now on. Mi Cocina. And you, I'm going to do that dance too. There's going to be Mi Cocina. Yep. I feel like we need to be flipping things. Mi we need to have a kitchen utensil in our hand when we do it. Absolutely. Yep. Good thing she works at Walmart. I will go grab one before I I will die. grab one and then give it to her to put back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So after that, they headed to the real room, which is actually a fancy schmancy nightclub. Oh, like dancing and stuff? Ooh. They're still open. And this oh. is like, it's not something you and I would be going to. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Through the roof. Yeah, no. I'll have to show it to you after this. Remind me. Okay. Um, It's still in operation, and it looks definitely like uh, like only celebrities would go there, kind of. Really? I don't think we're elite enough to be there. Um, (laughs) We ain't elite. Yeah. So according to Russell, Angela was going table to table, talking to people like she knew everyone. She was just like floating around so easily, just speaking to people. So the friends drank, they danced literally the night away, not stopping until after midnight. Angela was the driver, so she wasn't drinking, if much at all. Uh, She drove Russell home first, dropping him off around 1 a.m. at his apartment on Matilda Street in Lower Greenville. So this was about like a five-minute walk from Angela's condo um, on Amsbury Drive. But then Angela dropped off Anita... And then she drove to Ben's home. Oh, wasn't he supposed to be sleeping? Yes, but she was really just going to say hey. Hey. No. Oh. Nothing salacious. She just wanted to say hey. At Um, 1 a.m.? Yeah, he lived 30 minutes away. She drove all the way there, popped in to say goodnight. And according to Ben, it was super quick. Like, they stayed in the doorway. Wait, okay, they wait, said he goodnight. woke up to say goodnight to her. I don't know if he was awake still or not. It wouldn't make sense for him to be awake. But he was in the doorway? Well, somebody's at his door. And it wasn't a hey. No, it oh, wasn't a booty so call. Weird. That's so It weird. was just a sweet, hi, I love no, you, goodnight. That, that's weird. And then she drove 30, 30 minutes, minutes back. back. No. <clears throat> that's dedication. That's something. So not long after she got back to her own place... She called Ben. But she just saw him. Yeah. It's the middle of the night, girl. It was a little off to yeah. Ben. What, why? What is happening? He had been asleep, so he wasn't understanding well when the call came through. But it seemed that Angela was kind of talking in code to him. 
<gasps> was somebody in her apartment? Eventually she said, I need to talk to, I need you to talk to me. Just talk to me. He had no idea what was going on. She said, I just need you to talk to me. I'm freaked out. After some coaxing, she said a man had knocked on her door and asked to come in to use the bathroom and a phone. Now, if you've been here before, at allegedly, you know that in like 2022, if a man comes to your door at, let's say, 2 a.m., because it's probably about that time now, to use the bathroom and a phone, you would be like, my sir, you have a penis, make your golden liquid rain on a tree. Like, seriously. But she let him in, didn't she? As for the phone, fucking good luck. You know, I wouldn't give him a phone. Well, keep walking until you find a payphone. We don't have those in 2022. I was talking about 2022. But, well, yeah, did well, they I, have those in 18... I mean... 1948. Well, Angela seemed to have said okay. Because she was calling Ben to be on the phone with her while... This kind of went down just so she could feel safe. So Ben, of course, freaked out and was like, who the F is this dude? And do you know him? What is going on? What's happening? Like, Why would she let him in? I, she's nice. Uh, so those are all logical questions for Ben to have. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm sure she would have answered them if the phone wasn't disconnected. Oh! <gasps> So Ben tried to call her back, but there was no answer. So he drove the half an hour to her place and knocked. And no answer. He was, like, beside himself, yelling her name, trying the door handle, but it turned out to be locked. He was knocking more, but it was absolutely silent. So from the car phone he had in his truck, he called the police. Yes, he had a car phone. That is not normally something we have, but remember, he was a construction site manager, so he had a car phone in his truck. So one of the first to respond was 20-year-old female rookie officer Janice Crother. Janice and her partner were already 12 hours into their shift as they actually were manning the crowds that were in town for the fair and the game. So she said that Angela's Toyota Supra was parked outside her apartment, but there was no movement inside the apartment. She described a super eerie feeling that kind of like immediately overwhelmed her when she was there. Like, something was seriously wrong. Yeah, she got that feeling, that gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, she decided that one way or another, they had to get in. Duh. So, she went to find the apartment manager. Let me just break the door down. Why are we waiting for even longer for somebody to come and open the door? Can't they just get get in? Just kick it in? I don't know. You would think so. I just feel like waiting and finding somebody to come and do something is just wasting precious time. So finally at 2.17 a.m., the officers were able to gain access to the apartment. 17 minutes. So Janice headed to the kitchen and found Angela's shoes. I just lost my spot. Shoes. Okay, so they were still on the floor. Her partner moved towards the bedroom, and he was actually the one that found 
Angela. So Angela Samoda was stretched across her bed, naked and bloody. Her legs hung off the side of the bed. Her brilliant blue eyes were still open. Next to her was a giant stuffed bunny. And atop of her chest was her own heart. <gasps> yeah. The autopsy later showed that Angela had been brutally raped and then repeatedly stabbed a total of 18 times. Eventually, she died from the wound to her heart, but it was actually the stab to the heart. It was so forceful that when she was stabbed and he went to pull the knife out, he did it with such force that the knife didn't come out of the heart. It pulled her heart from her chest cavity. <gasps> oh, my God. And that's how it ended up. He didn't cut her heart out and lay it on her chest. It was a matter of how forceful he stabbed her. That it just stick, it stuck to the knife and ended up on her chest. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, of course, oh samples of everything were taken. However, it was 1984, so testing was not what it is today. It was actually still just beginning. Luckily, though, you'll see later in the story, these samples become like a great help. So it's amazing that they took them. So kudos to those officers for taking yeah. everything possible in this case, especially since there are cases out there that people do nothing, destroy evidence. Hmm. I'm super, I'm super salty about that. Yeah, I would be too. I, I kind of am too. If you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't understand about, how that's legal. I don't know either. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to, I think it's episode 21 um, I'm just double checking quick, uh, because I want to be right about this. Actually, I think it's 22, 22. It's 22. It's my call to action about Elizabeth LaFortune. Um, and it's an ongoing investigation, uh, and it's still going on now. So, um, if anybody knows that information, just go listen to that episode. But, yeah. um, evidence in that case was destroyed and not able to be used now. But anyway... Immediately, a few men came to the forefront to be suspects. All right. So number one was four, the forefront. No. Oh, I thought you said four. Like no, a few men. Okay. So number one was Ben McCall, because that's the yeah her Angela's boyfriend. Number two, Russell Buchanan, the guy that Angela went out with that very right. night, and what he only lived five, five minute minutes. walk. Yeah. So and three was the ex boyfriend. You know the one Sheila didn't like that tore up all her clothes. Yeah. And, so during the autopsy, it was determined that the man who sexually assaulted Angela was a non-secretor. Meaning? This means he didn't have blood in his fluids like saliva or semen. So that's, that's all that means. So there okay. are some people who are secretors and some that are not. It's very rare to be a non-secretor. Um... But after investigation, it turns out that Ben, as well as the ex-boyfriend, are both secretors. So they were cleared. I wonder how they figured that out. Well, they probably took tests. Like, it said saliva or semen, so they either took samples of saliva or semen to see No, I understand that, but for the time frame, from the time, for, from the year that it was, I just feel like yeah, that's just, like, so advanced. Like, yeah, maybe. 
Russell was the only one left on the suspect list. So he was out that night with Angela. He only lived five minutes away, like we said, and he was a non-secretor. So only 20% of the world population fall into the category of being non-secretors. Yeah. Wow. That's so low. It is low. So I feel like, ooh, that sucks for some people. Like, yeah. do not commit a crime if you're a non-secretor because wow. they gonna get you. So on October 15th, police interviewed Russell because he's looking pretty good. Yeah. Police were instantly suspicious of him because he was claiming he didn't even know Angela died. Yeah. The problem was as soon as the media got the story, like a, the next day, it spread like wildfire, not just through SMU campus, but like through Dallas. But he's claiming he didn't even know she died. So he claimed that when he was dropped off, he went straight to bed. Straight to bed. But if he was drinking and whatnot, that makes sense. Well, yeah. Then he said that he immediately Saturday morning went to a friend's wedding. After that, he went straight to Houston on a trip that was actually pre-planned to see his family. Sunday night, he came straight home to do some work that he had piling up for grad school. He was overwhelmed with the work. He never had a chance to see or hear the news that was covering the murder. But you have to remember, we're in the 80s. They had very bare minimum technology. He didn't have Facebook. He couldn't just get his smartphone out and go to Facebook. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I he, feel like him not knowing that she passed could have been true. Right. Because he literally would have had to turn on the radio or turn on a TV. But he, apparently, he was doing work. He didn't need that white noise in the background or whatever. So he yeah. just... And I'm assuming... The cops or detectives checked his alibis about where he said he was at? Yeah, so let's talk about that. Oh, okay. So during his interview with police, he actually never requested a lawyer. Uh, They did search his apartment. Um, Later, though, Russell had said that coincidentally, his apartment was filled with knives and swords. Because his roommate, unfortunately, had just gotten back from an African safari. He has a roommate? Yeah. Is that true? Like, were yeah, they no, not, that's true. They're not his knives. They're, they're not his. It's that doesn't just, mean he didn't use one. Right. It's just, it's a weird coincidence. Yeah. But he was open about that. So he said, considering how Angela was killed, this was super bad luck for me. <laughs> Dude, yes. Like, yes, seriously, yes. that sucks. Yes, it's not looking good. So he did pass the polygraph. What? I'm not sure how I feel about polygraphs. Just throwing okay. that out there. Well, he's so, he supposedly, supposedly, I'm so sorry. He supposedly. Uh, passed it. Passed it. But I mean. Yeah, exactly. They still looked at him as like the main suspect. Yeah. But like, how could you not? Because he's a non-secretor. And your apartment is full of knives. And you were with her that night. So... So they had literally no solid proof on him. So they had to let him go. They were going to keep an eye on him. Oh, they sure did. Every single move, every move he made, every breath he took, they were watching him. I bet. Yeah. So over a six-month period, they they would, like, randomly watch him. Like, you know, like a drug test at work. That's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they were trying to see if he would, like, slip up. He didn't. 
His story stayed the same. He didn't give off any anything that he would so have done. So did they this. talk to his roommate? No. What they did do though was they started telling him that his polygraph was inconclusive. Can they legally do that? Yeah. I'm rolling my eyes at you for a reason. I know. I know. I got you. So obviously this was a lie. But Russell wasn't a stupid man. So he decided to lawyer up. I think that's smart. Yeah. Smart move, Mr. Buchanan. I mean, of course, now it probably makes him look guilty, but. Oh, well. So it got so bad for him that the police were pointing fingers at him that actually one point during it all without warning they're like in, they're like interrogating him again and the police decided to hold up like a super graphic image of Angela's murdered body and like demanded that he confess what he did could you freaking imagine like being interrogated for something you clearly say no i didn't do this and then being like do you see what you did to her and it's like oh my god i Mm-mm. The girl was brutally murdered. Uh-uh. No, like, her thank you. heart was on top of her chest. No, thank you. That's no, horrific. You. So, this is all a problem for Russell. I mean, it's a big problem. Because he's being accused of a murder. That's a big issue. But he's also getting ready to go to grad school. Oh, I didn't tell you. Grad school's in London. Yeah. And he was planning on going still. Sure was. Even though he was accused of murder, he oh was still God. going. And the police realize that this is bad because they have nothing to hold him on. Yeah. He, he can literally go. can go out of the country. <sighs> That's what, what he did, was How saying. did he react when he saw the picture? Did he like... Oh, I'm sure he was... I don't even know. I, I, I know how I would have react. So I, I probably would have thrown up. Yeah. Or like passed out. Like... Yeah. It's... I don't even know. Well, and so that's what he's doing. He's going to be leaving the country. He is going over the pond. He's, he's leaving. I have so many questions. They did not want him to go. So they changed tactics. Okay. They began, began talking to people close to Angela, her friends, her family, anybody. Sheila? Yeah. Okay. Anybody who could give information about Russell B. Cannon. So they spoke to Sheila. So they field like Sheila in. On the information about Russell, but the way they did it is questionable. So they asked her a question. They asked her if she would feel comfortable (laughs) at all going to dinner with him while being wired to see if she could get a different story from him. But more or less, it was just to kind of get him to confess. Now, mind you, they told her that he failed his polygraph. That's a lie. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. But they also implied that he intentionally fled the area that weekend. Remember? He, he didn't left. intentionally. I mean, yeah, he left because he had plans. Right. But they are making it to Sheila. Like, like he's guilty. Yeah, like he's okay. guilty. Yeah. So Sheila later said, I thought I was going to dinner with a murderer. That's like how convinced she was. So... They, yeah. they were trying to get her to feel like that so that maybe she could steer the conversation that to way. get a confession. It almost sounds like they're setting him up to confess to something he did not do. Yeah. 
Which Doesn't it sound like that? We're in 2022, That's so. not uncommon, I know. Yeah, unfortunately. But after this, it actually turned out to be a really big waste of time again because Russell's story did not change. He, t- he stuck to sleep, wedding, family, work on grad stuff, no news. So he left. He went to London. And then the case went cold. I don't think he did it. Do you think he did it? Do we know who did it by the end of this? Why are you asking me? I know you. I know, I know the story. I'm giving you the story. But like when you were researching at this point, did you think, oh. No, because I knew who did it. I oh. knew the name before I started researching. Well, I'm alone. Usually, <laughs> usually I know the name of the victim or victims or the name and or the name of the murder or murderers. Well, I'm just saying, in some story, there's more than one. I don't. I'm just guessing. Okay. My body is feeling and my mind is feeling like, mm, Russell, my man, ain't it. Okay. So, Russell finished grad school. He did an internship. And then he moved back to Dallas and started his own very successful architecture business. He went on and got married in the 1990s to a woman named Karen. Of course it was Karen. He did spill all of this about Angela's murder and what went down to her. Um, how do you approach that, though? How do you even begin to tell somebody that? I can't imagine if James had come to me and was like, oh, yeah, so I'm a super cool guy. I play guitar. I love to cook. I work hard. I love my children. Also, I may still be the main suspect in a murder. <laughs> That's not funny at all. Like, how do you do <laughs> I don't that? Know. I like long walks on the beach and... May have murdered somebody, but I'm still undetermined. I just want to... I don't know. But you know what? Karen must not have mattered or cared. It it didn't matter. So I just don't... I... I don't know. I'm going to need to think about that for a moment. Like, she married him. So whatever. Sheila, on the other hand, immediately dropped out at SMU. She never returned. I don't think I would either. Immediately. Yep, I wouldn't Everything about being there made her feel unsafe and scared. It actually, what happened, she said, it took my innocence. It took it away, my view of the world. So she tried to move on, but by no means she was ever going to give up on this cold case for her best friend. In 1986, she met a man named Charles. In 1988, the two got married and they moved to Tennessee and had two sons. She was talking nonstop to the detective on Angela's case. And actually, they got so close, they would go to, like, a few local bars and talk about the case. Yeah. Sheila later said about the detective, when I got married in 1988, I was still in contact with him and invited him to my wedding. That's how much I knew this guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, one day in 2004, Sheila's life changed after being frustrated for so long, year after year, that her best friend Angela's life was lost and her suspected killer, Russell, was walking around free, just able to go on with his life successfully. She was actually she's still, super pissed. She still she, doesn't know that she, the polygraph was... Nope. She still thinks it's Russell. This is this is her killer. Oh, my yep. God. Yep. So she was pissed. So... It was one particular evening when she was doing work for some Bible study class when she looked up and Angela appeared in front of her. 
she said that Angela was just standing there smiling and she knew that this was crazy, but she also said that she knew that seeing Angela meant something. She also said, I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but I have a lot of faith and I believe that there are messages. And at that moment, I thought it's time. Time for what? She leaned over her nightstand and picked up the phone and called the Dallas Police Department just like that. She said, can I talk to the cold case division? And they said, no, you have to talk to homicide. There's no designated cold case division. So she asked for the detective and left a message. Amanda, you know how I feel about law enforcement. Yes. I feel like we just had this conversation last week. It is a love-hate relationship. Yep. That's the best way for me to describe it. Like, I freaking love them, but holy sheep. Yep. That is a perfect way to describe it. So I kid you not, she left that message for that man, the one who attended her wedding. He never called back. Did something happen to him? No. Nope. He never called back. In fact, Sheila, who's obviously not going to let this go, says that she called him over 700 times within a year. He never called back. Ever. Did he do it? <laughs> Why would he not call her back? I would be pissed. That's literally his job. Yeah. But that's not even what broke her heart. So what really drove her over the edge was that when she called... The department told her that in the 20 years since Angela's death, she was the only one to call and see what was going on in the case. Let that sink in. A young warm woman was brutally murdered. Her heart was out of her chest cavity and now atop her body and nobody fucking called. Her, what happened to her mom? I don't know. Her siblings? I don't know. It. I don't know. Ben! I don't know. Come on, people. So she ended up going through evidence that she could um, and looking into, like, reports about all the rapes that were happening during that time period, the locations, who was arrested, trying to figure out, like, what happened. Yeah. One day, though, she was actually talking to a security guard. Now, this is, like, one of the things that Morbid got wrong, and I'm unsure of how they did that, but... Uh, they said that she was talking to her husband, but in the article, Sheila says that she was talking to the security guard because she lived in a, like... Gated community kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, and she was telling him about the case with Angela and, like, what she had been doing. She, like, set up a place in her own house, and she called it the war room, and this is where she went through all of the evidence. Wow. And he said to her, you know, you'd make a great private investigator. And just like that, that's what she did. Nice. <laughs> she, she said that. She goes, I, I, she said, I didn't even hesitate. It was 2004 and I was in my early 40s. And that night I told my husband I was going to become a private investigator. And that's what she did. That's awesome. Because without doing so, like, she would not have access to all of the, like, limited evidence. Yeah. Like, all of the other stuff. She could get some, but not all of it. The rest was in storage. And she said that she had thought that when she became a PI, the police would be happy and help her. They didn't, did they? They did not give a sheep's egg. 
that she was now able to like look in on the case. Sheep, sheep don't lay eggs. You know, it's weird because earlier I, I threw in the word fucking, but I'm having a really hard time with the word shit. <laughs> Did you notice that? I I use the F word a lot. But saying the word shit is I'm super just, difficult for me. I was just throwing that out there. Okay. So it's actually funny. Before I move on, I wanted to tell you that she she became the private investigator. Okay. Yes. But before she was taking on Angela's case, she actually was taking on like little cases. Becoming a PI meant that she could do like pi like things so yeah. her neighbors were coming to her to investigate like their husband <laughs> or he's cheating find out where and when yeah so yeah. angela actually or angela sorry wow sheila. sheila actually said that her and her husband had to stop going to neighbors dinner parties <laughs> because she oh, felt God. so weird sitting at the dinner table knowing that she was actually investigating people that were there I can imagine that. I can imagine that would be pretty awkward. That would be super awkward. So I think that the police thought that she was doing too much. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, they probably were like, this is our job. Stay out of it. Right. Yeah. But what are you doing? Right. Right. So it's been 20 years. The police think maybe they got nowhere. Like, why would she get anywhere? She's not even trained for this. So she said that they seemed almost annoyed with her. Like, they just kind of went, whatever, and reopened the case anyway when she asked. However, their next move, I feel, was like a low blow. Oh, jeez. They ended up giving the case to a female detective to deal with it. And I think that was the men going, they're not going to fucking figure it out. Of course they did. You know, like, here, ladies, you're wasting your time, so we're not going to do people who can actually work. Linda Crum, the detective, she was like... The right-hand woman for Sheila. This is exactly who Sheila needed. She knew the case. She researched it. She had the file handy when she called Sheila. She stayed in contact with Sheila. She knew about Russell. What she did not know, Sheila, what Sheila didn't know, was that they actually had all the evidence. Because it turns out that years and years beforehand, a rape kit that had been done on Angela actually was just randomly said to have been lost in a flood. But it wasn't? Nope. That was a lie. Kind of like the polygraph. So they had the evidence that they needed. Now, that means they had Angela's fingernail clippings because it contained DNA because she fought her attacker. But they also had the semen. They still had the man's DNA semen. They still had it. They said it had been lost in a flood. 20 years. Yeah. We, so in 1984, when Angela was murdered, DNA testing was like a newborn baby, if you will. Right, right. All right. So it was not doing much. But we're in like 2008 now. All right. It was like a young man. Okay. There is a process to go through. Hoops to jump, if you will. One was that the police department had to make the request to have it tested. 
They did. Do it. They did. Okay. And in 2009, the results came back. The female detective, Linda, she called Sheila and simply said, we got him. (gasps) Was it Russell? Was it Russell? Yeah. So him, Russell Buchanan. It was him? At least that's what Sheila thought. In her head, she was literally saying Russell Buchanan. But a different name came out of the detective's mouth. She's going to say Ben. Sheila was stunned at the name and thought back to, like, who the hell is that? Turns out she had no idea who this man was. She didn't know him. Sheila had nicknamed him The Beast. Yep. He was actually a serial rapist on parole when Angie was raped and murdered. It was nobody she knew. It was just literally a random guy. Yep. Random guy who said... Can I use your bathroom and a phone? Yep. And the whole case boiled down to the DNA. Of which they had and could have tested years before. Yep. So who is the beast? It's Donald Andrew Bess Jr. And I could not find a lot of information on him at all. He was born on September 1st, 1948, making him 16 years older than the 20-year-old Angela that he killed. And before murdering Angela, he had been paroled for a rape conviction in 1984. He was out on parole when he murdered and raped Angela. But when his DNA was matched to Angela's kit, he was already serving a life sentence for an unrelated rape in the Houston area. So, in 2010, during the punishment phase of his trial for Angela's murder, various women actually came forward and testified that they had also been raped by him. The defendant's ex-wife of three years, she was married to him for three years. That's it. And then was like, nope. She testified that he abused her and their child during marriage. (gasps) Excuse me. That was sickening. That's... Dallas County Prosecutor Josh Healy said something that I completely agree with. And he said, if Donald Bess isn't deserving of a death sentence, then who is? Who has done this much harm? Who has tormented this many people? Like, freaking seriously. So Donald Andrew Bess Jr. was actually found guilty by the jury. And on June 8th, 2010, he received a death sentence. There were attempts, you know, for appeal, but they were all shut down. Good. He's actually still sitting on death row in Polensky Prison in Polk County, Texas. And currently, there is no execution date set. Why? I don't know. I guess it's a process, which is weird. Like This long? Why can't they, like, what are they doing daily? You can't just kill somebody? I don't understand. I don't understand. I think you have time between lunch and dinner. I don't understand what it is either. I never understood that. Like, they can't just go, tomorrow sounds good. What are you doing tonight at six? Like, I don't understand. 2010? It's 11 years? Yeah. Uh, 12 years? He's been sentenced to death. Give him death. Why are we still... Why is he... Why are we still paying to have him alive? I don't know. I mean, my thoughts on, like, the death penalty are questionable. (laughs) I feel like there are people who don't deserve the death penalty yeah, I have and mixed feelings of it then there's well. like innocent people but like he's clearly messed up 
plenty of lives. Has he killed any other of his victims? Not that I could tell. It looks like this... I'm I'm wondering if this one just fought back enough and he was just pissed. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So, according to Find a Grave, Angela is buried in Lano Cemetery. I don't know if it's Lilano. Lilano. It's L-L-A-N-O. Usually it's just like one L. I don't know. It's in Amarillo, Texas. Her mother passed away in... 2021 so just last year and she's actually buried with angela oh yeah her dad's not her dad no. he's buried um in, in california no in texas no i don't know where but where all the big military people are with the white stone you know what i'm talking about like a military probably cemetery? okay yeah probably yeah. that seems i have a brother right. buried in one of those too yeah so that that is the case this was, I don't even know. That's a lot. That's heavy. It is heavy. It, the I told way you she it was, was going to be heavy. Oh, my God. I knew it wasn't Russell. I just knew it. I knew it. I I mean, a lot of people weren't sure. Obviously, Angela wasn't sure. But she wasn't given all the correct information. So, so she was kind of tricked into thinking that it was him. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't understand. Ugh. Police not investigating. Like, you have the semen. Yeah. I don't care how freaking long it takes to check the DNA. You checked it to see if it was a secretor or not a secretor. Yeah, so why wouldn't you just follow through with that? I just don't understand, like, why not? You're so many years later. And then why lie about it being in a flood when you have it? What is the point? See, and this is where, like, police are sketchy to me. That's all super sketch. Like, why are you not doing your jobs? It makes me angry. Doesn't it make you it angry? It makes me angry. I'm super glad. First of all, um, I want to let you know just a little side note. Sheila did not go to the sentencing. She's like, I could not be there for that. I don't blame you, Sheila. She, I don't I blame you. could not be in that room. So she just waited for a phone call that said this is what happened. But put this into perspective, Amanda. If it were not for Sheila, Angela's it best friend. It would still be open. Mm-hmm. Unsolved. If she did not become a private investigator, if she just. That's a friend. That would, is a friend. I would do that for you. I would do that for you. I would do that for you. I would not rest. That's insane. I mean, I would rest because I would need the rest to be able to help you. But like, seriously, but, push. Like, yeah. Oh, it's just mind-boggling. Like, if and she's she the only one. I know. That's just mind-boggling. I will say that Russell was like, it was such a relief to not have oh, it be him. And I think Sheila actually felt like a little guilty. Like, dude, I thought it was you. Not Girl. Gonna, not gonna lie. Don't even feel bad because you know what? That was not your fault. You were made to believe that this has to be it. This has to be him. That's yeah. not, that's not your fault. Yeah. Well, that is the case, and we will be back next week for another case where maybe it'll be a little bit later, but we cover true crime. So It's true crime. It's it's still going to be a little heavy. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you about that. But in the meantime, stay alert, stay salty, and stay intact. And just because we used Taylor Swift at the beginning, I need you to know that I made this with three stays because she literally has a song named Stay, Stay, Stay. That doesn't surprise me one bit. That's a great story.
Sorry. <laughs> See you next episode.